Hi, my name is Johanna Milius, and you're listening to Jess Bafflin. Hey guys, welcome back. We are finally back. We were on a roll with episodes for one and a half years and then we took a break for about a month. But we are back and I, I'm so excited to be back. Evidently, Prath is not here right now because he's sick. So he's taking a break. But for the love of God, I couldn't reschedule this episode because of how special it is. Not only is it our first episode of this year, let's let's get a little personal, all right? It's been a dream of mine or at least I've envisioned of me becoming a dad and having a family of sorts one way or the other and when i went through this family story and when i started reading about them not only was i inspired but i started looking up to them and so i started following everything that they did now calling them god sent is an understatement because of what they provided to a child they not only provided a child with a shelter but gave them a dad gave them a, gave her a dad gave her a mom and gave her a sister to grow up with so this is what i usually do before I start a podcast. I usually sit in my room alone and think about what, how I have to introduce the guest. And you have seen me struggle through the pointers that I write down. But I didn't do that this time. I just thought I'd just sit in front of the camera and talk with whatever I feel from my heart. And that's exactly what I'm doing. These guys are absolute angels. So, Johanna, thank you so much for joining in. It's from the bottom of my bottom of my heart, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. And yeah, before we get into everything, you have done a wonderful thing. So, yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for joining in. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's it's an honor for us. And <laughs> you've been sweet throughout, by the way. I'll, I'll continue talking about her. But before we get into everything that you've done, adopting a child and going through all the process and different aspects of that, you, I was, I was going through your Instagram account and you love the outdoors, you love your adventure activities. And I wanted to ask you how you fell in love with the outdoors because I'm an outdoorsy guy. I love the sun. I love going around the beach and stuff. So how did you fall in love with the outdoors and yeah, your relationship with adventure sports? Yeah, ex- uh, thanks for noticing that. I do love the outdoors. Um, so uh, we grew up in Texas. And mm-hmm. so most of the time you're outdoors anyway, if it's not too hot. Um, but I've always been drawn to something that's um, bigger than I am. So outdoors is the first way to connect to that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a, my peaceful place to be out in something that's greater than I am. So the ocean, the mountains, um, yes. it's kind of where I find my happiness and my peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, working in, I worked in an emergency room for eight years and I needed to find something that could give me a good coping mechanism. So being outdoors was a big, big part of that. Do you think there's some sort of freedom that you feel when you're in the outdoors? Oh, absolutely. A huge, yeah. it's like letting go of um, yourself because you're just, you're so small compared to everything else around you. There's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. That's, that's exactly, you know, I relate yeah. to that so much. <laughs> now getting into the process itself, I was going through another video of yours where you said that adopting a child is something you and your husband always wanted to do. Yes. Those, it's a simple question. Why though? Why is yeah. that something you wanted to do? 
Um, so Shane and I have been together since we've been in high school. So we're coming up on our 10 year anniversary that's of so marriage. Yeah. Wow, that's so we, sweet. We, were, we, we were meant to be together. So um, we both, both sides of our families um, have adopted. So mm -hmm. my family is adopted domestically and his family is adopted internationally. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a culture that we grew up with being that love has no bloodline, no, love has no bounds. Um, and then Shane's family adopted their bro his brother from Uganda when we were in high school and we were dating and we were actively a part of that process and seeing where he came from and then what his family was able to just give him and the opportunities and the love and um, everything that Samuel needed was something that Shane and I were able to be a part of. And we were like, this is something that we absolutely are making a commitment to do together once we, you know, are married and ready for it. So, yeah. That, that's such a beautiful story. So, I was assuming, my next question was about what did people around think of this? So, I'm assuming a lot of the people around you were supportive naturally. Yeah, well, we had both sides of the opinion, as you always do when you make yeah, a, a big decision. Mm -hmm. um, but our family has been huge um, and they're awesome and they are very supportive of us. Um, a lot of people ask the question, you know, why international? Why not domestic? And it doesn't quite matter. You know, every child matters. We chose mm -hmm. to adopt internationally. That doesn't mean the domestic or the children right. in Texas aren't any less than. Mm -hmm. So it's just what our family was drawn to. When I was going through, so I took, I'm going to be honest here, I took a lot of time going through a lot of your stories and you updating. I took a lot of time now because it was a lot to go through, but I don't, I started feeling things I didn't really feel before and it was just so emotional. So I had to take my time with it. Usually I'll take an hour or two of making questions up, but this took a long time because it was yeah. emotional. It was a long process. <laughs> yes, it definitely was. And that's my next question too. The process was long. Like you said, I think you registered in 2018, March. Mm -hmm. And then you matched with Nana 2019, November, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. You got it. But it took a really long time for you to even see her, didn't it? Yes. That was so, the hardest part. One of the hardest parts. Yeah. So what was that process like? What was the basic, the first few process like of getting matched and getting approved? But mm -hmm. also, yeah, after that, how, how much was it weighing on you for not being able to meet? I'm guessing you missed two of her birthdays too, if I'm not wrong. We, I know we missed one since we were matched with her. Mm -hmm. um, because she, she was 18 months when we got matched with her. So, right. um, so getting started with the process, we found an agency um, in the U.S. Um, they're based out of Virginia. And um, you just start the process is getting like your basic home studies. Um, the whole family goes through background checks, things right. like that. That took a while, some paperwork, obviously. And then you get loaded on, it's, called, it's like a database where mm -hmm. it's have like the orphans that are looking to be matched with, child, with parents. And then the parents are looking to be matched with children. Right. And Nana uh, wasn't a direct match to us. Um, she wasn't a direct match to anybody, actually, um, but uh, our director, our person who's helping us with our agency, sent us the file and was like, hey, like, just take a look at the file. Um, I know she's not a direct match. There's some medical needs that you guys may not be ready for, but just take a look at the file and tell me what you think. And as soon as we opened the file, we were like, that's our kid, you know, and uh, her just her eyes, man. The first photo we saw was her big, beautiful brown eyes, and she had just like the cutest little smirk on her face. And 
Um, it was really intimidating looking at her medical file because mm -hmm. there's a lot of unknowns and she uh, is a fighter. I mean, she fought her whole way through the NICU like all by herself. Um, so uh, that was a little intimidating. Me mm -hmm. being a nurse, I know like the actuality of what it could look like, what she could maybe be lacking growing up. But um, we took a lot of time together, Shane and I did, and just kind of discussed pros and cons. Would we be able to give her everything she needs? Are we ready for that? Mm -hmm. You know, and then finally we were just like, you know what, like, we're gonna trust that this is our child and she was meant to be put in our lap for a reason. And it was 100% the truth. And she just walked in, well, she scooted into our lives perfectly, so. And that, that's that's so great. And you're right, it's meant to be. Looking through every photos and everything that you put up on Instagram is just mm -hmm. so beautiful. And yeah. I can't emphasize more on that. But do you remember the day you first met her and? You couldn't meet, you met her the first day, but couldn't hold her because... Couldn't touch her, yeah. yeah but then that was met, horrible. <laughs> how, how do you feel as a mother? Your child's right in front of you, but you can't hold her. Then. I knew there was going to be like restrictions with COVID. And that we were like, obviously, like just happy that we were able to travel when we were because it was mm -hmm. right in the heat of COVID um, over in India as well. Um, so we were grateful for the opportunity and we were going to try to like... Uh, obliged by the laws as much as we could, but it was incredibly hard. Um, we had just traveled, we had just landed in her state um, like an hour before, and then we get a call and we're like, hey, they want you to see Nana today and then do the handing over ceremony tomorrow. And we're like, uh, okay, yeah, sure, let's do it. And just getting there and the anxiety of, oh my gosh, she may hate us. Um, she doesn't know at all who we are. Um, you know, like she has no idea these right. random people are coming into our my home that I know and are trying to touch me or love on me. And she has, I mean, she's two at the time. She has no idea. So it was really hard, but just to see her and to be sharing a room with her finally um i mean it was a it was a beautiful moment and she loved kyla our our biological our oldest daughter she absolutely loved kyla which was good for us because then yeah, she yeah. could trust us so mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah do you ever do you ever look back do you ever sit down and look back at those days yes i actually made a journal i was journaling mm -hmm. the whole time while we were waiting and and the whole time during COVID, while everything was delayed and just the emotions I was processing, there were so many nights where it was me going to bed and knowing she was probably just waking up over there and she yeah. still has no idea that I'm her mom mm -hmm. and she's alone in a crib. And what if she's sick? What if she has COVID? What if some her caretaker has COVID and she does, she's not being taken care of? What if her diaper's wet? I mean, there's so many like mom emotions that you go mm -hmm. through and i just had to breathe through it and find peace and know that she's going to be taken care of and when it's my turn it's going to be my turn you know um but it was i look back at that journal often when she's having a rough rough grumpy day <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh this child's crazy but you know it's better than not having her <laughs> so. yeah but when you yeah but when you look back you can be so proud of yourself not only her of course she's a fighter but the fact that you went through so much and went through the process is something you can really be proud of yeah but this is i had this question in mind for a long time when i was when i actually got to know about your account and what you guys were doing is she was two when you met and like you said she's someone from another part of the world and it could have been really bad if she didn't connect 
Absolutely. So was that was that something you were prepared for? How do you prepare for something like that? Waiting for two years almost to meet her. And yeah. Then, what if she didn't connect? Yeah, we we go through a lot of training um, mm-hmm. with our adoption agency. We went through that absolute worst case scenarios. I mean, the child's going through a lot of trauma. Yeah. Being um, they came into the world traumatically. Um, and now they're being taken out of something that the, the only place they've ever known, the only people they've ever known, you know, that's very traumatic, especially for a young child. They don't have any coping mechanisms. Um, so we, we've prepared for that. We were prepared to be as patient and to follow her cues and to let her like, just be prepared. Sometimes, um, I know families who have gone and sat with their children for weeks just so the child would be comfortable and you you prepare yourself for that. You don't have a set timeline. You sit and you let the child like let their own journey unfold. You know, you can't just force them. You can't rush in to hug them, even though you want to so badly. You want to kiss them and hug them and just tell them like, I'm your mom. I've loved you for so long, you know, but you have to let them feel secure first because um, they're the priority, obviously, not your emotions. So that's that was hard. Not let my emotions rule the situation, allow her to do it. Yeah. So. But if I'm not wrong, your husband did go through a rough time in terms of connecting with Oh, you. yes. I felt so bad for him. So he uh, he went through a lot. I mean, he went through everything I went through mm-hmm. um, just as, as a dad heart and um, sitting and waiting and coping with me being so emotional. And um, she has never really seen uh, a male, uh, right. especially his size. He's a big guy. He's like six four, you know, two hundred and fifty pounds. You know, it's very intimidating to look at. Yeah. And, and the orphanage is all the caretakers were females, so for her to see this big person trying to hold her was very scary for her. And um, he was so patient, and I cannot say enough to his character. But he. Um, you know, he tried everything he could. He made sure he did all the fun stuff so that she would associate like the fun stuff with him, which kind of put me on the back burner, but that's okay. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. That's um, bad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but finally, you know, she learned to trust him and learned like, man, this guy really does love me. I need to let him love me, you know, but he did go through especially while we were over in India. We were in India for about two weeks. And I think maybe she let him hold her maybe w- once or twice. Oh, so, yeah, oh, <laughs> it was rough. Really it was rough for everybody. <laughs> this, this, I was going to ask you this later during the episode, but I think it's right time to ask now, how important is it for you guys, you and your husband, and two, like two partners to communicate during the whole process for adoption? Because... Like you said, it was emotionally tough for you, but there's someone else with you and he's he or she is going through the same thing. So how important is it to communicate, especially during times when there's a problem with connecting? So how yeah. how did you guys connect? How did how did you guys communicate and get through all of it together? Yeah. Yeah, it was that's a great point because um we were both dealing with totally separate things. I right. didn't have a break between my oldest and now Nana, who won't let mm-hmm. me put her down, and he didn't have any attention so we felt very left out you know so um it was it was huge to communicate we would normally communicate the most when we were at breakfast um because the girls were eating and they didn't need all of our attention at that point so that was nice and we were just like okay let's try this today or hey i need to let me while they're napping is it okay if i go to the gym for some me time he's like please go like can i please take them to go to the playground i'm like yes please you know so um communication is huge we us as a couple we've 
um, grown up together. So communication's been key for us, but this is a whole different level, especially adding another child to it. So yeah, just taking time to talk and being like, man, I'm really disappointed or I really need a break, you know, <laughs> so mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. But again, the fact that you've done it and doing it is fantastic. Yeah. But sticking to the point of communication. So I have a sibling. I have an older sibling. And I know for a fact that when I was born, a lot of attention was given to me. And my brother at some point did feel left out. Now, when it, I've heard stories from families adopting and I've, there are certain circumstances when the biological daughter or son, they do feel left out because there's a special attention given to the adopted child because they're adopted. They're new to the family, need to adjust. Was that a point of discussion and how did you make sure that you guys are not doing that and you, you are giving attention to both of them? If not equally, at least to the point where she knows that you're still there, you're still home, you are still family. Yeah, that she's confirmed. Yeah, yeah. it was that was a big point because at the time, uh, Kyla, our oldest, was four. So mm -hmm. um, that was a big, she traveled with us. That was a big journey for her at four years old. Um, but she has seen mama and Abba go through this adoption. She knew when I was sad about it, um, when she got her passport, she was ecstatic that she could travel now and get on the big airplane and go meet her sister. So we had her involved through the whole process. During that time, even before, like we knew we were flying, we would just try to encourage her like, hey, like when we're over there, we have to let Nana be Nana. And sometimes it's gonna take a lot of time for mama or sometimes it's gonna take a lot of time from Abba. But know that we need you there. We need you as a sister. She needs you as a sister. You know, having her feel like she has a job was big for us, that she has a responsibility in this too, because she wouldn't know us as well or she wouldn't trust us as well if Kyla wasn't there. So having her feel affirmed and needed was big and then shane and i both took times um where i would take her to go get a, a treat from starbucks because i needed coffee it was just me and her you know or shane would take her with her to go to the pool you know things like that where we would still have our own separate time with her while we're over in india and then coming back here into her own environment into our own home kyla was the first to show nana what her room looked like and oh. um this is going to be your bed nana <laughs> my room's right there sissy's right down the hall oh. things like that yeah. oh she was so precious so precious so mm -hmm. um but that was big for us we wanted to make sure that she felt like she was a part of it you know it wasn't just somebody being added and taking away from me like she was a part of the whole thing from start to finish so i think i think that's very underrated even as a four-year-old to be a part of it and to feel part of the whole process oh, it's yeah. very important because mm -hmm. it can while you're, by the time you're 16 and 17 it can affect you if you're not part of few things yes. a family does yeah and they're so close together we wanted to make sure they had a really good connection because they're only about 18 months apart age-wise um, but developmentally wise, obviously there's a pretty big gap. So once Nana catches up, we want to make sure that the bond is there because they're going to be going to middle school and high school together. Yes. So <laughs> yeah, that could gonna, be good or bad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about it. How are they like siblings? Though? I mean, in the end, they are siblings. So how are they oh, like? Yeah. Who's the naughtier one? Who, who's the... Oh, they're both naughty. <laughs> <laughs> They're I don't know if it's so a bad sassy. thing or a good thing. Oh, man, they're both so sassy. Um, 
Nana, so she. Do you think uh, she, do you think she gets it from a mom? Do you think she gets no, it? No, it's all from dad. No, Nana, since she's not speaking yet, she's we're doing mm-hmm. sign, you know, and she'll do it with a big facial expression, like she's all done, or she'll <laughs> roll her eyes. Oh man, and then Kyla just has the sassiest little comebacks. So they're both they fight like sisters. They love like sisters. They snuggle in the mornings and in the evenings, and that's about the only time they get along when they're tired. Other times they're just fighting over toys or, you know, things like like normal sisters are at three and four and five. So <laughs> that's that's so beautiful. I was I was scared about tearing up, and I don't usually cry, but I just <laughs> might. No, but <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> and I'll do it. <laughs> I was really worried, you know, so when I was going through the stories and I realized you're emotional, I got worried because I'm like, I can't cry on camera. I just <laughs> cry on camera. I'm not normally an emotional person. I'll be really? honest. Like, I'm oh. really not normally an emotional person, but um, just because of my job, you know, I, I you don't have time for right. it, but mm-hmm. uh, these girls get me every time. <laughs> they mean, really I, do. I mean, as a mother, it would, I'm assuming it would. There comes a stage in every adopted child's life when either they they get to know the truth about I'm adopted and they ask questions and they want to know about where their real parents are. Or maybe let's hypothetically assume that a situation like that arises. Have you guys spoken about that? Have you guys spoken about how she we might have? Um, obviously, she's going to know that she's adopted uh, because mm-hmm. she looks different than us. Um, so we're prepared to just grow her up with that knowledge, you know, and let her know, like, um, you know, you're adopted, but that doesn't mean anything different has changed. You know, you're just the same as your sister. Um, With her asking questions, we really don't have a lot of information because it's a completely closed adoption. So we have no information of her biological parents. Uh, We don't even know what her birth weight was or what time she was born we just know what hospital she was born in Mm -hmm. um so what little information they may have at the orphanage she can access when she's 18 when she's a legal adult Mm -hmm. but um we really have no information about it um the biggest thing that shane and i are going to communicate is um that your parents were brave to do what they did and we love them for it and we love them for giving you the opportunity to be our daughter and there's no ever malice or anything like that because they did such a brave thing for having you and giving you up knowing that you will receive a better opportunity you know so that's what we want to communicate to her you know like yeah like she's going to go through her own emotions of feeling you know like she's been abandoned or anything like that and she has to process those feelings and we're just going to try to be there to help support her and know where we are and give her the resources to work through them because i know when she gets older it's gonna it's gonna be a huge factor for her so i just want to say one thing that you guys are just beautiful human beings <laughs> you're I'm, so I'm, kind no i'm, I'm not kind uh, you guys are the <laughs> kind ones i'm just appreciating what you guys are doing and it's like I have no words, and I'm, I'm I'm just very lucky to be able to talk to you. Thank Man, you. Updated a lot of what you were going through on Instagram, and you kept thanking the people for messaging you guys and for being supportive. How much do you think? To be honest, how much do you think updating your life and going through your the whole process by talking to people on Instagram, by talking to your followers, by talking to people who are kind to you? How much did that help you? How much do you think? 
Well, it's pretty crazy how much this story is blown up and we're super thankful for it. Um, it's, I, I did it on Instagram while we were going through it um, because that was something that I needed to do to cope mm. with. I needed to release it. And I had a lot of people ask me a lot, like, how's it going? And a lot of the times, like when I was in person, it would be a really disappointing conversation. You know, well, nothing's changed or right. we're oh. still adopting. Yeah, nothing's changed, though. No, she's not home yet. You know, so me being able to update on my Instagram um, was something that I felt like I was able to share what I'm going through and then also um still bring positivity to it um there and i was able to connect with a lot of people on instagram they were actually going through adoption at the same time we were um i have a dear friend that's actually in italy and she adopted four children from the same orphanage that nana's from and so whoa i mean the instagram brought us together and that's amazing Whoa, and that she, is amazing i know and she's still whoa. such a dear friend to me like we still communicate now that both all of our children are home and they go through the same things that i'm going through so um, but now that our story's blowing up, it is a beautiful response on how many people are reaching out and giving us love and attention, which we were never searching for, but mm -hmm. it's, it's so beautiful. The community that, that supports what we did, you know, we didn't do it for other people, but like knowing that other people have the same hearts is very a beautiful thing because it's you see it seems like a small community it seems like adoption is a very small community that you go a part of but knowing that the words getting out and that the community could be growing is amazing because obviously there's still tons of children out there and there's still all of them are worth it so yeah and i can say this for a fact that you guys deserve every drop of happiness that you guys are getting and it's also funny because i went through one of your reels and i told my co-host this and he's like dude i was going to tell you the same thing so it's not even as if it's not even <laughs> word to word like he already knew about this and we were so excited for you to come on now this is a question i had because like you said no children no kid is important then like you could have adopted one from texas and it would have been the same but why india why choose india yeah. Um, so we chose, we uh, originally decided on doing international adoption um, mm -hmm. after seeing uh, Shane's brother come home from Uganda. Um, we have both traveled internationally um, all over the world, which has been a great opportunity. And we've seen a lot of um, scary places in the world or um, places where it would be scary to be an orphan in. You could right. say that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, India's orphan rate is, is pretty high. Um, and what we were looking at was their success after maybe aging out in an orphanage, like where mm -hmm. did they go? Um, and sex trafficking, especially for females in India is incredibly high. And to think of a child just being aged out because they have nowhere else to go, they either go to the streets or into that industry. That's something that, um, was a high priority for us to make an impact for you, even if it's just one life. Um, so that was a main driving factor for choosing India. Um, we didn't really have a preference if we had male or female child. Uh, Shane really wanted a boy. <laughs> um, but <laughs> of course, when we saw Nana, we were like, no, right. this is it. And um, so, yeah, that was a, that was the main reason why we chose India. And, you know, some orphanages over there um, aren't the best. Um, right. There are some yeah. good ones. It's a beautiful thing that Nana was a part of, the orphanage she was a part of, because they 
were so attentive. It was a smaller orphanage. You know, she really was given the best opportunity that they could provide. And we're very, very thankful for that. But there are also other orphanages that aren't the same story. So yeah, I have a question for you, though. If you could go back 10 years before, if you were, let's say, 14 or 13 or 12 or 13, what's that yeah, one thing? That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's that one thing about her? No, what's that one thing about you she won't like, that she'll dislike? Like, if you told her about everything about your life right now, what's that one thing about that third... What's one thing about you that the 13-year-old will dislike about you? About what I was when I was 13 or now? Now. Now. Yeah. Um, I think, I guess, the biggest thing is, like, the... What I... Mentally, what I had to face... And the coping mechanisms I had to find for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I went down a lot of bad paths in order to find a healthy one. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wish I could just tell myself, no, you need to do this and you'll, you'll feel better. You know, (laughs) but you have to go through a journey. Life is a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you learn from it in order to keep growing or you'll keep making the same mistakes until you learn from it. And Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately that was the case for me, but I've learned from some bad coping mechanisms. Like you said, you have to go through some bad things to go get the yes. good ones, right? So I don't think, I mean, you're the one to say, but I don't think it's all that unfortunate because look at you now. You have adopted yes. a child, you have a family of four Absolutely, of us. no, yeah. absolutely. I wouldn't trade it for the world. <laughs> yeah, that was actually going to be my next question if you would change something about. I don't think, I wouldn't change much. I mean, there's some things that I'm not excited to share, but mm-hmm. I'm excited to be where I am because of them. So that is, yeah. that is beautiful. I know it's a month. By the way, she worked from home just for this. So again, thank you so much <laughs> for that. Course. This is my last question. This is how we finish our podcast. Now you've been in India for, you were in India for, like you said, two weeks. So yeah. I'm assuming you drank a lot of chai. Oh, yes. yes. And I miss Indian chai so really? much. So I was going to ask you if you were to stay in India, would you drink chai? Would you drink tea or coffee? That's the basic question. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm a hard coffee drinker, but... <laughs> I love the spicy chai over there. I yes. miss it. There's only one recipe that I have, and I've tried to make it being back over here in Texas, but it's just not the same. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> but but have you tried the Indian filter coffee? Uh, no, I never tried coffee when I was over there. Yeah. Everybody was like, yeah, everybody was like, no, you have to drink chai. And I was like, okay, I'll drink chai. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm a whole chai supporter, but you should have drank the filter coffee. Oh, being thanks. a coffee lover yourself. Maybe would you would you come back to India? Would you visit? We want to. Yeah, I would desperately go back to India in a heartbeat. I loved it over there. Um, And we were planning on staying a little bit longer, but COVID and our visas only allowed us to be there for a short amount of time. But definitely when Nana gets older, uh, we want to take her back for maybe her 16th birthday so that she can like see where she came from and and maybe go back to the state, you know, where she was born, things like that. So that's what we're hoping for. That is beautiful, and I hope you get to do that. I hope you get to drink the filter coffee. That's a disappointment. You should guys should have drank that. Damn. See, and that's the one. That's my one regret for not trying. <laughs> not drinking filter. <laughs> I mean, fair. That's but again, thank you so much for joining in. It's absolutely. It's I could I could pleasure. speak and ask you questions forever because I have that sort of mind. <laughs> taking so much of your time already just thank you so much for joining and guys we'll put her we'll put her husband's every all the links in the description below so please check them out you heard her she's beautiful she's an angel so please go check them out 
and yeah like always we'll have episodes rolling and every sunday thank you so much for watching yo yo thanks for tuning into the latest episode of just baate we hope you enjoyed it and that it left you inspired thanks for all your support and maybe you could support us just a little more by maybe going to our instagram and twitter and giving us a follow there and also you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms right from spotify to apple podcast to google podcast cheers